0: All right, guys, I'm producer Ben, and today we'll be picking up where Craig left off in yesterday's Manly Musings. So, without further ado, here is Master Craig with part two of this week's Manly Musings. Hey, everybody, this is Craig Cottle, director of Nature Line School, co host of the Survival Show podcast. Come back with part two on the topic of tracking. Specifically in this part two, we're going to be discussing how to utilize tracking for survival. If you have not listened to part one of this podcast, then you definitely need to go back and listen to that. In part one, I discuss all the intricacies, not all. I list a lot of the intricacies as they relate to tracking, how to determine a track when you see a track, how to see it. Ground sign, aerial sign, intangible sign, all the things that go along with it. Aging sign, some of the things that go along with it. And just give a really, more than anything, a brief overview. Because tracking is a a multifaceted endeavor and it takes a lot of time and energy. But in that podcast, I gave you a good overview. And it's going to be necessary to understand that, to understand this part too. So go back and listen to that. So what I wanted to focus on tracking for survival needs here is because it seems to me as an outside observer to the industry, if you will, survival is that people don't know how to track in general, most people don't. And there's some good reasons for that. Tracking is hard to do. It's hard to practice more often than not, tracking is an, is an endeavor involved in learning how to be humble more than anything else because you will be schooled by tracks on a regular basis no matter how long you've been tracking. You know, as I mentioned in the last podcast, my one of my instructors, Mike Hull, states that the difference between a master tracker and a beginner tracker is that a master tracker knows when they've lost the sign and starts into the lost sign procedures. And a beginning tracker will basically force it more often than not. So, you know... Good trackers are going to lose the sign. Good trackers are going to be wrong, and you've just got to be okay with it. You've got to learn how to humble yourself, and that will help tremendously to become a good tracker. Uh, You know, that's something I did not discuss in part one, which is the characteristics of a good tracker, and maybe we need to dig into that sometime because it's basically how to be a good woodsman more than anything else. But in this podcast, what I wanted to dig into was some scenarios more than anything else in survival and again, I'll reference my book, Extreme Wilderness Survival. You'll see the description below that will have links for my books. But uh, I have a chapter in Extreme Wilderness Survival on the topic of tracking. Matter of fact, I've done a little bit of tracking in every single book that I've written, and I probably will for the rest of my life um, because I'm just infatuated with the topic, and I love it. I've been doing it since I was a kid. So again, uh, listen to part one, and I'll detail some of the ways that I learned how to track and why it's important. So part number one, or I'm sorry, scenario number one that I want to utilize goes like this. So let's assume you're part of a small group that is going overnight hiking in a large wilderness area with lots of marked and unmarked trails. Your group stops to fill up water containers as one of the group leaders continues up the trail to scout it out and set up camp. After you fill up and make the bend, the trail splits in two and you had not communicating with your group leader beforehand on which side he would take. So what do you do? You know he or she went down one of these forks but you don't know which fork they went down. Well obviously you could look at the tracks. If you knew you know the basic understanding of what your leader footwear looked like. If you understood anything about aging a track you might be able to see a relatively new track compared to something that's old. And in this manner you could go about utilizing which fork it is that your team leader went on and basically go down the right direction. So one of the things that you would look for is you would be looking for, again, part one, some of these words I'm going to use, you'll get out of part one. So listen to it. You'll be looking for overturned leaves. You'll be looking for displaced particles on the trail, any number of things that are right on top of the actual trail that you would be able to determine which one they went down to. So that is a real simple one. We run into this on a regular basis in the Red River Gorge, and I know my friends who are in search and rescue see this all the time, where there's a lot of marked and unmarked trails, what are called user trails in the Red River Gorge here in Kentucky. And so it's, it's easy for people that are new to that area to get lost because they go in this area and they go off on a trail that looks like a normal trail when it's not. And the person who actually made that user trail was going to some lookout and then they were going off trail exploring and uh, using a GPS even, and there's no trail. And so that's a real good way and easy way for people to get lost. And so learning how to stay on the right trail and not get off on a user trails is, is beneficial for you. Um, So scenario number two is you go on a camping trip and have a large group. The large group will have need to dig a latrine since you will be staying at one central backcountry camping spot for several days. The the latrine will need to be far away from camp. So as far as tracking is concerned, we talked about aerial sign, and this is just an obvious case in point. But you could easily hang some aerial sign like ribbon. You could break a branch. You could, uh, even for people that need to use the bathroom at night, you could hang a chem light near the latrine. And that way it'd be easy for people to find the latrine because you're pushing it out away from camp. So it doesn't smell up camp. And that way, when people go to the bathroom, they don't get lost. And it sounds silly, but I know a bunch of boy Scouts that have gone on trips like that and done exactly that. And I mean, you'll read about them on a semi-regular basis. And Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, where they're young and they're new, and maybe they don't have a real advanced woodsman as a scout leader, and so they don't do things like this to help them find their way to the bathroom. So that is a very easy way to utilize your ability to track, to find yourself to and from the bathroom, and that way you don't get lost. Because, again, the best survival is to avoid the need for survival altogether, not to be thrust into the middle of a survival situation. Though so it seems simple, but this is a fantastic way of of uh, avoiding the need for survival. Number four of way of using survival or tracking for survival is let's say you get lost on a backcountry hiking trip, and you know animals are in the area, so you're you are lost, and you could use tracking to backtrack. But again, the way we try to teach people. Because we know statistically this is the best thing for you, is if you get lost, you need to sit down and wait. You need to wait for search and rescue to come get you. However, in this particular instance, you need to know the animals in your area for the sake of catching animals for food or staying away from animals for danger. So... For example, if I'm going to develop some backcountry improvised tools for hunting, whether it's trapping or gigging or whatever, then I can track animals and find out, hey, there are small area. they're small like gopher or there's a groundhog or maybe there's a ground-dwelling squirrel or something of that nature in this area. And I could track them to their den site and, set, and utilize that to set up a, a good snare trap. find and catch the animals that I want to catch for food if I'm able to track animals and I can recognize for example a grizzly bear track then it might be an area that I need to vacate you know if I'm finding a large amount of animal tracks then that probably indicates they're going to water so these are all things that from a survival perspective I could utilize the skill of tracking to help me find the animals that I need to catch for food The trap is what I mean by that, or gig or what have you. The animals I need to stay away from because they could pose a danger. I mean, something as simple as a skunk. If you knew what a skunk track looked like and you see a skunk in your area, then I'm not going to leave a bunch of garbage out for the skunk to get in it and spray everything and make my trip miserable. I mean, that's real simple. As well as uh, being able to find water. Because all animals that are out there, all the wild animals, they need water just like me and you do. And so being able to track them to water is going to be a beneficial skill set that'll help you being able to help yourself in a survival situation. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So that's just a few scenarios that are going to help you become uh, or help you understand why tracking is could be a vital aspect of survival training. And the reason, again, that most people don't, endeavor to do it is because it's quite easy to to look at a video for example look at a book even my books or my videos I'm, and I'm just saying this is easier than tracking see how I build for example a figure four trap and build that figure four trap and you may never catch anything with it but you'll be able to build a figure four trap and you'll be able to trigger it and see it fall and all that kind of cool stuff and you get immediate feedback So you're looking at something, you get the immediate feedback that something that you have done has worked the way it's supposed to work. And so you think you've done something well. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. What I'm saying is that when it comes to tracking, more often than not, the feedback you get is questions. And you leave having more questions than you did before you started. And quite frankly, for me, I can't speak for other people that like to track, but for me, I love that. I love going into an environment and thinking I'm comfortable and know what's going on and then come across a track and go, wow, I had no idea that that critter was in this area. Never seen it. Never laid eyes on this bobcat in this area, for example. And so that, that is valuable to me. It's humbling again. It helps me learn so much more about what's going on around me. And I think it's a valuable skill set. Now. What I wanted to get into also in this is I hope I've uh, – here. here's the steps that I wanted to take. I wanted to show you in part one some fundamentals of tracking, just an overview, just an informational piece. This first part of part two, what I want to do is show you how you utilize it for survival. And number three, what I want to do now is go into some ways for you to start developing your skill set. So one – is basically learning how to become more track aware. So there's going to be you looking at sign on the ground. We talked about ground sign, aerial sign, intangible sign in part one. But let's, let's look at just ground sign for right now. When you consider a, tra- a track, not a set of tracks, but a track, how do you know what things make that track? You know, this is why I say and have said for years now, That you know, you'll see a lot of tracking schools in their areas where there's a lot of sand. And I wouldn't dare say in a million years that it's easier to track there, but there's a whole lot more opportunity to see tracks in a sandy environment than there are in a wooded environment. You just got to teach yourself how to see it in a wooded environment. That's where I live, that's where I work, that's where I play, and so. There's a lot of things that you can do to become more aware of what is in a track. It's not gonna be very rarely sitting in a leaf litter of a mixed hardwood forest, very rarely are you gonna see the perfect human foot outline. It just doesn't happen that way. So here's a way that you can develop your skill set. It's it's a real simple process, but just go out into the woods. Yeah, that's a problem, right? <laughs> go out into the woods, put your footfall down into an area, a forested area where you know you might walk or other people might walk and then sit your butt down on the ground and break that track apart and what I mean is that take some photos of the track what you see there and then uh, what I usually try to do just for the sake of just developing a skill set in doing this is I'll track a picture of the track. I'll note which direction it's heading. That helps me build my land navigation skill set. It's heading off in a 275 degree azimuth or something of that nature and, uh, heading, whatever it might be. And then, uh, I'll start to break that track apart. Meaning I'll take the, the litter, the leaf litter that is on top of the track and pull a piece out what's on top first and look at it. What do I see? Do I see leaf creases, which is a good indicator of the passage of something into a wooded environment? Do I see bruising on a green leaf? And then I'll take a note or two, and then I'll set that aside. And then I pick up the next piece. And I see a stick that's sticking up through some leaves, several leaves all at once. Well, that's an indicator of something, isn't it? And Because that doesn't normally happen in nature unless something puts pressure on a leaves on a set of leaves and pushes them down on top of a stick. And then I'll proceed through that until I get every piece of, of uh, leaf litter out of the way. And then I'll take a look at what was left on the earth itself. Was there an outline on track that I couldn't see until I removed the leaves? When you do this the first time you'll be really surprised. It's almost, I mean, I've had people where I've, I've taught them how to do this and I've had people get really creeped out And I, and I really don't know why it's, it's just so surprising to people to look at, okay, there's a pile of leaves and somebody steps on it. And really most people can't see much about it. And then when they get underneath the leaves, there's a track there on the earth. There's an impression, maybe not the lugs, but there's at least an outline of a human track there. Same is true for deer. I see this all the time with deer tracks where you're looking at leaf litter litter, and if you have an eye for it, you'll see the the rhythm of the deer, but you don't really see a track. Then you pull the leaves off of it and there's the deer track. You can actually see a a really good impression. So this is incredibly vital to being able to develop your skill set. And that is you just looking at one particular track. Now, another one is being able to do the 10-step drill. So the 10-step drill is a real simple drill that I do with trackers all the time. And it's, it's more of a human tracking skill set development, but it works exceptionally well for you to develop the skill of tracking. And then you can apply it to animal tracking as well, other than humans what I mean by this is that you get 10 sticks and you'll see a lot of trackers use Popsicle sticks. I have some other things, some craft sticks that are circular just because Michael, that's what he uses. And I like how they work and they seem to be, I don't know, more visually useful to trackers than the Popsicle sticks. But basically what you do is, and there's a procedure to this. You basically, you work with a partner, you take 10 steps and at the heel of every step that you take, you put a stick in the ground. And then the person that you're working with who had their back turned to you then goes by and looks at every one of those stakes and uh, sticks and sees what sign is an indicator there for each and every footfall. And that way you develop the eye to be able to see what it is that is a piece of sign. And you can do this in any environment that you want to. So you can do this in a, in a grass environment on sand. You can do it in leaf litter. You can do it where somebody goes from one uh, medium to another. And that way you can develop the ability to, again, know that, hey, there is a track there. You know that there's a track there. And you see it and you turn. It's kind of like taking the method that I taught you before where you break a track down, pull all the parts out of it. It gives you an opportunity to then... Do that with a series of tracks on the ground, and that way you start developing your skill set to move and continue to move forward while you're tracking. Because, again, the goal the goal in tracking is to, well, there's a lot of goals, but the goal would be, I think, for most people to cut the time distance gap between them and the quarry. So you may just track just for the sake of tracking, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I love that. I do it all the time. Never intending to go find the animal that I'm tracking or the person I'm tracking just to track. Sometimes I track myself. And, um, you know, I might ruck one day and then come back the next day and track myself and see I know where I went, but I try to find as many footfalls as I can to help me become a better tracker. And these are just little ways little um, you know exercises these two is specifically breaking the track down and then the 10-step drill to help develop your tracking skill set now for those that might be interested in studying with us please know that we take that 10-step drill and expand upon it about 10 different directions <laughs> two different ways and add to it that's just a fundamental building block but so Yeah, obviously we would love to have you in a class. So please join us for a scout tracker class at Nature Reliance School or seek out one of my instructors and train with them. But the goal would be to help people become tracking. As far as survival is concerned, because that is the title of our show, right? The The Survival Show. You know, becoming more aware of your surroundings is a good thing. The more that you can see that something has happened before you get in the middle of it, the better. You know, you're walking down a trail and you see where somebody has slipped and fallen, then you may slow down and take an easier step. It may be the thing that keeps you from twisting your ankle. You know, that's the number one injury in the backcountry is a twisted or broken ankle. So with that said, you know, these are just simple ways that I like to help people develop a skill set to be aware of their surroundings so that they can avoid the things that they want to avoid. And to be aware of the things that they want to be aware of, you know, anybody that wants to spend any time trapping, T R A P P I N G, needs to spend time tracking. That way, you can see animal sign, recognize a passage of an animal before uh, before you set your traps out. Because I think that's one of the things that gets missed most in most survival schools is they teach people how to set a snare up. They teach people the different types of snares and, and uh, traps and stuff of that nature. And that's really cool. I know one f- nearly famous school has a, you know, like a, uh, where you where you go through about 45 different, different trap setups. And I've always wondered why. You know, I've trapped nearly everything you could possibly trap in Appalachia. And I've only needed a couple of traps to do that. And I've never understood that you know, get good at a couple of things. Here's the key. And this is where tracking comes in. You can know how to build 500 traps. I don't care. If you don't know where to put them, you're probably wasting your time. You've got to know where to place those traps. That is equally, if not more important than setting up the trap itself. You know, when I first started trapping, The way I did it was I just took some wire and hooked it on a fence where I knew some coyotes were going through because I was tasked with catching coyotes and getting rid of them because they were killing our livestock. So pigs, that is. Domestic pigs. So with that said, develop your skill set. If you ever have questions, then please contact me. Send us a message on here on Anchor. That way, if you have a question for me, it'll it'll come directly to this podcast, and, and I pay attention to those. And uh, Also, you can always feel free to email me at info at naturereliance.org or follow me on any of our social media for Nature Reliance School. Um, go to naturereliance.org. Go to the Connect page, which is a menu item on top. Go to Connect, and you can see all the different Connection points for us at Nature Reliant School YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the podcast here, and uh, all, all my books and all that good stuff. So, really appreciate anybody and everybody that's supporting us here on the Survival Show. And, any way that you can do that, you can do that with money by by sending us some money. You can frequent our sponsors that's fantastic and if you don't want to invest money into it then please share this with your friends and family and that way it gets out and the word is spread and we're doing everything we can to help people as best we can on the survival show podcast